0: ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's
1: all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Soulful MBA podcast. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Conry. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Jenny. Hi, everybody. And today's episode is all about kindness. So kindness is not a topic that I think we talk about enough in business. And Sandy, we came up with this topic and we were sort of going back and forth earlier about who actually came up with the idea for this episode. And I think we think each other did. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Okay. Apparently I did, but we wanted to talk about kindness because it's actually one of the three tenets of our own business. Our motto with Namastream is be kind, be brave, be love. And we try to really stick to that in our work and in our everyday lives. Like we try to make every decision in our business from a place of kindness and a place of bravery and a place of sort of operating out of love, loving and sort of like loving kindness and love and caring towards our customers. So it's a really important part of our own work. And I think it's something that's not talked about very often in business, which is why we wanted to have this conversation with all of you. And there are quite a few thinkers kind of out there in the business space that are also talking about kindness and goodwill, but not enough. And certainly it seems to me that the space is really dominated by this kind of masculine view of of business and entrepreneurship. And we want to start to you know, tease that apart and see what's see what else is there, what other options folks have when they're starting to scale online.
0: Mm-hmm. I, and I think so many of us try to operate in our regular lives out of kindness and out of love, like that sort of talked about a lot and doing sort of random acts of kindness. But rarely does does that conversation spill over into our businesses. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if you were to pick up a book or read a blog or take a course on business and scaling... You would find the talk really dominated by kind of sort of male ideas, masculine ideas. So it would be about pushing and hustling and crushing and winning and earning and what can you gain and growth and sales. And I mean, that's all good. It just seems to me a bit out of balance. And where is the chatter? Where is the talk about showing kindness to one another and operating from a place of our customer as opposed to ourselves? And I think that's a really big miss. There's a lot of power when you were kind, you know, I think that's such a powerful way to, to make decisions and a powerful way to, to lead. And I, yeah, the conversation is just not happening.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not happening enough. I think we've started to find some conversations in our own exploring kind of online and in the literature around kind of more feminist perspectives on business where, where kindness and collaboration are highly valued and kind of talked about. But overall, I think my experience in entrepreneurship is that it's not really talked about at all. And and I think to the extent that it is, it's considered a sign of weakness, which, mm-hmm. I, which I think is a right. huge mistake. I mean, there's this sense of competitiveness in business that to me is very misplaced. Like the, the world is big, the economy is big. And in this day and age, we've sort of grown accustomed to having these very large kind of multinational corporations having a huge presence in our lives and making us think that there's only a little bit of room at the top or only a little bit of room to have power and wealth and prestige or, or whatever it is that you're searching for. But the truth is, is that's only one way of operating in the world. That's only one way of creating institutions and businesses and cultures. And there are also opportunities to have collaboration. There are also opportunities to have businesses that are a little bit smaller and yet cater to different audiences and sort of coexist kind of peacefully. It's not kind of dog eat dog all the time. And, you know, we're not. We're not kind of business scholars. We're not teaching at, at an MBA program or anything like that. But we live and breathe business and entrepreneurship every day of our lives. And I and I think we've tried to run our business differently and in sort of a novel way. And so today's episode is really just a little bit of exploration of these ideas and a little bit of storytelling about our own experience doing this. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset, right? Yeah. That's what they, those, you were talking earlier about our experience with the accelerator and that that's like, you need to be the, you know, the, 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 the first one to do this or the most, what were you, what were you first to
1: market? You need to have, I'm trying to think of how one of our prospective investors (laughs) told me to think about it sort of like you just kind of have to have enough real estate like you have to be the first the fastest the biggest in order to claim the real estate in the market and to me I just remember listening to this person sort of lecturing at me in a coffee shop about why I should want that because I was pushing back and saying like well, I only want a certain segment of the market and I only want to grow this big. And to me, that's still very, very big and way bigger than I ever could think of. And and I don't need to be like on the cover of Fortune magazine. Like, I don't actually want that. I want to have a business that that is sustainable, that supports my team and our families. I want to have a business that is something that brings me joy and that is challenging, you know, like there's lots of other reasons to be in business other than to sort of dominate a market. And, and it just, I mean, it kind of caused me to question like, why does everyone think that's what's important? And you know, many of you are sort of in the health and wellness space and you already know this, right? Like you already are operating from a place, like you're not trying to be like the only yoga teacher, (laughs) the only health coach, right. In the whole world. And like, you're going to dominate the market of everyone who wants healing. I mean, you already live like this, right. But, but I think that there's still this like drive to push, to grow bigger, stronger, faster, dominate and being kind is considered of a sign of weakness in business. And I think on some gut level, we all have that association because we've been conditioned to think like that. And so, you know, I, I just would question all of you to really give yourself some time to have introspection and think about why it is that you would feel that way and what, you know, what other alternatives are available to you.
0: Mm-hmm. and I think one of our the the greatest example of kindness in business was actually from um, a male business owner yeah Derek Sivers from CD baby which is a a giant giant multi-million dollar company that he built and sold uh he built it from zero and sold it for many 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 millions and his he has a great little book called anything you want Jenny and I are always saying is it everything you want is it all you want it's Anything You Want by Derek Sivers, and he has a great sort of outlook on how to build a business and why to build a business entirely based on kindness. And when I listened to that book, it was so refreshing to see that kind of view. It was so refreshing to see those words on paper about a business that thrived with this kind of, um, strategy if you will you know it was it was based on nothing other than what do my customers need it's not what do I want or how much money do I want to make it's what do my customers need and by following that simple principle he made a huge impact in his industry which is the music industry and he had a very beautiful thriving business Yeah, I mean, I think he did over $100 million in sales
1: with CD Baby and had over 150,000 musicians selling their music on the platform. I mean, that's like getting close to VC almost unicorn-y status, right? Like that is a massive success story from someone who was a musician and decided to kind of build a business around scratching his own itch. He's sort of like the classic rags to riches story. But what's really fascinating about Derek Sivers is the fact that he basically gave his company away to his employees. I mean, he's he's one of those sort of like, you know, like wonderful examples of heart and soul and and all of the things that we like as as a as individuals would hold in high esteem. And, you know, I I think that that's shocking to people from a business perspective. Like we revere somebody like that from an interpersonal perspective and that we would shun that kind of behavior in business. And, you know, I don't know everything about like how people have treated him since since that all took place. Um, But I imagine that some people you know, would really disagree, have really disagreed with him on the decision that he made when he, when he had that much Mm -hmm. wealth and power at his hands and he chose to do something like very benevolent with it. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I love on his first couple of pages, he has his like, I think it's his compass or compass for business. And his first point is that business is not about money. It's about it's about making dreams come true for others and for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like who says that? Yeah. You know, like, that's just not, not how people, what people, what drives people's business. And, and the other point he has is making a company is a great way to improve the world.
1: Yeah. While improving yourself. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I loved this book. I loved it. I I've listened to it quite a few times. I have the audiobook, It's really short. I don't know, maybe an hour and a half or something for the whole book, like to listen to.
0: Yeah, super fast, but it's just. It's remarkable what he did and his customer service stories. And do you remember that they put the, what came in the the, the copy that he wrote for the CDs that he delivered?
1: No, I don't was, remember. Cause it was
0: called, it was called, uh, the company's called CD baby. And so when they sent a CD to you, when you received it in the mail, they would, he had a little note about like, you know, sort of like the birth mm-hmm. of the CD. We'll have to, we'll put that copy in the show notes because it's fabulous what he wrote. It, it's just, it's just so unique and so memorable. And I think that's just part of the little things that he did out of kindness and out of pure joy because it made him happy to to do something really unexpected like that.
1: Yeah, and he said I remember him saying when you have a company you make a utopia. It's where you design mm, your perfect yeah. world. And I and I think you know that's the beauty of being a business owner and I think all that's available to all of us and it it's certainly for me, that's what this company has been. It's like my happiness. It's like my happy place. And, and I do, I, I decided to become an entrepreneur, you know, actually, you know, for financial reasons, um, to fund the nonprofit work I wanted to do and the activism work I wanted to do, but it, it quickly evolved into a lifestyle for me and, and something that it was an experiment for me and kind of shaping my own skills and creativity around. And I, I think that's really available to anyone who starts or runs a business. I mean, it really is your opportunity to be completely creative within, you know, within your career. And I mean, who who else gets to do that, right? Who else gets to decide what kind of projects do I want to work on? How do I want to work? When, when do I want to work? Who where? do I want to work with? Where, you know, like every... Every single thing is up to you. You have to make sure that you're making and creating something that others want to buy in order to stay in business. But beyond that, like how you decide to do that, you have so much leeway and flexibility and so much opportunity to sort of build kindness into what you're doing and to do it from from a place of love and care. And I I mean, that is magical. (laughs) Like I, I never would have imagined until I did it myself that business could be a vehicle for love.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful, Jenny. That's beautiful. And it's and it's not just for your customers. It can be for your, should be for your staff or for your team yeah. too, right? When I had, the, my previous company had a lot more staff. And um, that was one of the real joys too, was just showing kindness to them if they mm-hmm. needed a favor or if they needed a break or if they needed a cup of coffee or, you know, because when you work with people, you hear all the time what's happening in their lives. And, and you know, some of the greatest moments of joy, I think, were just helping or being really kind to that staff member. Yeah. And, you know, there's nothing that feels better than than doing something kind for someone. But for customer service, I think that's a huge act of kindness right and there's so many opportunities you have to to sort of surprise people by unexpected acts and I was I was reading a a story about a gentleman who had gone to Costa Rica and he had uh, with his family and his son left their little stuffed his little stuffed bear there by accident and when they got home they realized it and the child was upset and the dad said well, I, uh, you know, he's just—I forget what the, what the little stuffy's name was, but he's just on an extended holiday. And the hotel phoned and said, "We've we found your your you're stuffy." And he said, "Do you mind just taking him taking a picture of him for me mm-hmm. on a like deck chair, you know, so I can sort of play the story out for my son, who thinks he he purposely stayed behind but have a more holiday, and then." <laughs> The the hotel actually did more than that. They sent an entire album of images of of this little stuffy, like you know, in the pool and getting a massage and buying dinner and you know, out on the deck and on the beach. And they sent this album to to him and his son, so he could. And I think they returned the stuffy. And you know, like that act of kindness. And this, I think, this guy was a writer for some big magazine or. Online magazine, and he wrote about this whole hotel chain because it was such a fabulous act of kindness. And even the staff members that went through that, like that would have been fun for them, right? Like mm-hmm. that would have been joyful for them too to to perform that act. So I think it's it's really fun to to do that with your with your customers, whether it's you know like a surprise phone call by the owner of the company, or it's a handwritten note as when someone joins your membership, or. Or buys your course or whatever; those little things can go so so far in business.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that myself. Whenever I've been on the customer side of that, that's always had such a huge impact on me. And I I think it doesn't need to be expensive or take a lot of your time, but it's just that it's the whole thing that that thought matters and that kind of act of kindness is always available to you to take in some way. You know, one thing I'll just mention that I I think. I, I was just talking about how business can be an act of love. And I I want to sort of clarify what I mean by that. Like, I, I think that you have an opportunity every day to sort of bring your humanity into it. And I'll just, I'll just say that when I was going through law school and legal training and learning how to be an attorney, and then it's starting to, to practice a little bit, I really fundamentally believe that the biggest skill I learned was how to listen And I think that the biggest gift that a lot of professionals can give to their clientele is to be a good listener. So for an an attorney or a doctor, or, you know, if you're, if you see anyone like you used to do Sandy in a clinical capacity, Mm -hmm. like if if your job or therapist, like who knows, like yoga teacher, if your job is to interact with someone else, I, I think often beyond whatever other resource you're providing them or skill or whatever you're providing them, like you have this opportunity to show up and listen to them and be present to their experience. And that is so rare in our culture in in this day and age to actually listen and give somebody your attention that, um, in and of itself, like that is such an act, uh, like an astonishing act of kindness and so unusual that that's an opportunity for you to just sort of show up in a different way. Um, and and that then many other options that that client or potential client would have from someone else.
0: Mm-hmm. I think any anybody in clinical work quickly learns that that yeah. it's that it's sometimes the best is just to be quiet. You know, you don't always have to have the answer So, yeah, it is a great point. This
1: podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at Namastream.com. Namastream.com. Can we talk about intention? Yeah, intention's a big part
0: of this, huh? So before we started recording, Jenny and I were just kind of chatting about our points. And I said, well, networking, we have to talk about networking. And she was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And to me, those words, kindness and networking could almost almost be interchanged. And I know that networking has such a negative connotation for most people, including you, Jenny. Jenny. And to me, I've been involved in networking for I think fourteen or fifteen years now with a really close knit Calgary execs group here, and that all of that is is kindness for one another. So I will take the time to have coffee with another business owner to learn about them and figure out how I can help them. What act of kindness? How can I, you know, what do they need? It's not always business. Maybe it's you know a, a a book that they should read or a blog post that they should read or or whatever it is. And it's like, it's like building up allies. It's building up your team. It's building up your board of directors, if you will. It's people who are there for you whenever you need something, those people that will drop anything and help you. That's, that's kindness. And it's like, it's like your, you know, like your close circle of friends, like, of course, they're going to help you when they need it. They're going to be kind when you need some kindness. And it's the same in networking. So my business networking group, I think we all act out of a place of kindness for, for one another. And you were like, hold up, wait a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think to to me, networking has always come across as very transactional. You do this for me and I'll do this for you. And it's like this very short lived relationship that's about like, what can we get from one another? And what you're describing feels a lot more familial than that. And it feels a mm-hmm. lot more longer term and invest, like you're invested in one another, which is very refreshing to me. And it, you know, I, that makes sense in a, in a lot of ways. I I think I have those kinds of relationships professionally with people, but I don't think of that as networking myself because I always associate networking with like a cocktail party at a conference or something like that, where that feels like people come up to you and ask you like, hello, what do you do? And to me, like, what do you do is
0: Hmm. it's it's like the worst possible question anyone could ever ask me. Right. Yeah. Run away. (laughs) Yeah, I think it gets a bad rap. It wouldn't be a bad idea to do another entire episode, um, to networking, connection and collaboration because yeah, I've got some other thoughts on that, but, um, yeah. Anyway, that was another thought that I had was like, you, you're you also kind to one another who are in the same realm as you are trying to build the same business. And that goes with people that you want to, like the influencers you want to connect with. And, you know, even with Namastream, we have our sort of people around us, right? That would, yeah. that, that would, that would help us. It would share those blog posts or share the upcoming webinar. Like those are, again, those are just simple acts of kindness that's helping out. Yeah, so. I
1: think that we definitely have like, and and part of those like the fundamental foundation of those relationships is that, hey, I like you, I I like you and respect you too. What you know, let's just be mm-hmm. a resource for one another. And in that case, right. yeah, absolutely. And it does come out of an act of kindness because, there for for us, there are those people in our community where I would do anything, and and if they if it's never reciprocated, I don't ca- I don't even think about it. Right, like. Right. don't even consider that. And I don't want to live in a world where I'm like keeping tabs and track or like a tally on who did what for whom, like, to me, that's just no way to live. right? think like, we're <laughs> karma figures that all out anyway, right? Like <laughs> you don't even need to think on that level. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, another thing we t- we were talking about before we started recording Sandy was just the idea of how kindness plays out. So It plays out with your team, like within a team and within a a company culture or a business culture. And it plays out sort of between you and your clients or your customers. And then it also plays out kind of publicly in what kind of work you do through your business, right? So do you run your business in a kind and ethical way? And does your business support kind and ethical things? And I, I think that that is... Maybe we've had people so far, right? But, but this is where you start, people start to, I think, disagree a little bit more, especially in the entrepreneurial community where, you know, business again is about making money and okay, sure. Run your business in a way with like a great HR department and, you know, have really good customer service and all of that. But then, you know, the business itself is about making money and, you know, you can have all those touchy feely, nice things as, you know, part of the package, but fundamentally it's about making money. And I do agree that business is about making money, but I also believe if, if making money is your only intention, like with, with what you do with your actual business, then to me, I I mean, I'm not interested in operating in that kind of environment. And I, I think like, it doesn't need to be like that. Again, going back to sort of those feminist business principles, uh, you can have, you can build kind of strong ethical practices and a strong mission statement into your business itself.
0: Yeah, we were, we were talking about, I had mentioned, let's talk about intention and then we kind of got sidetracked, but that was where we were talking about like, you know, donating to charity or a percentage of sales going to charity. And then you had some really strong thoughts about, (laughs) about that.
1: (laughs) I do have strong thoughts about that.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I think there's nothing wrong with giving to charity that you believe in. I think there's been a lot of kind of in my life, you know, as an environmental activist and advocate, there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on with business practices where a business does what it's going to do. And then it does Something good and gives something to charity, for example, and then it talks about it and gets all this press about that, right? And it sort of takes away attention from the fact that maybe the fundamental practices of this business are not so ethical. So I'm always weary, like when I hear about a business giving some money to charity or some percentage to charity, I'm always just cautious about it and I look into it a bit. Um, And it doesn't mean it's it's negative; like it doesn't have to be negative. But to me. I think that's great. It's an, and it it doesn't mean that you shouldn't run your business fundamentally from a place of sort of like dignity and integrity. And, and, you know, maybe in, in, again, in our sector, that's pretty obvious, right? Like most people in the wellness space are doing work. Because you're doing this work, right? Because you believe in healing people and like living a healthy life and promoting that kind of lifestyle and making that available to people and coaching them through it, right? All of those things. Here's where it comes down. (laughs) If you are doing something, if you're promoting something just to make money, if you're doing something just because you want to make money from it, like you're promoting a supplement, for example, or a certain product, that is not necessarily something that you would personally use or ethically approve of for yourself. Like, I think you can run into those issues there. I also think If you are running a business in a way where, you know, you're not being honest about what you're selling or something like that, you can run into it. Again, I don't think anyone in our audience is doing that, but I'm just trying to give examples. Like when you talk about other companies like banks, it's much easier to think about how unethical practices can come into play. Um, And I think in really any business where the right hand is not talking with the left anymore and decisions are being made by one arm of a company and, you know, another arm is, is unaware. Like, you know, that kind of stuff can happen. And, um, and I personally, this is like the part of business that was very distasteful to me until I became an entrepreneur. Like I I don't want to be part of anything like that at all. Like I want to have sort of, I don't know, not complete control, but control enough to make sure that what our company is doing is always going to be something that I believe in. That's my responsibility as one of the founders of the company.
0: Sure. Fair fair enough. And I think the other issue was like people would, or companies would donate to charity and sort of check that moral box. Like it didn't matter yeah. how they operated or necessarily where the money went, but they just were doing it with the intention. Like the intention was all wrong, right? All kinds of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of people. All kinds of people do that. It's a tax write-off. That's yeah. why they
1: do it. <laughs> I'm a little bit cynical. I'm having a cynical day, Sandy. So we're talking about kindness on a kindness day where I'm hour. feeling a, a little bit cynical. <laughs> 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 but it doesn't take away from the fact that I think that this is like fundamentally the most important part of running a business is to do it from this place of kindness. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think... It, here, here's like the bottom line. If you want to give to charity, great, give to charity, but that doesn't excuse what you're doing in your business. Like run mm-hmm. your business from a place of integrity, run your business from a place of kindness, like be proud of and stand by what, what your business is doing and how you're running it. And then that's fine. And if you also want to give to charity or you also want to do, you know, whatever sort of nonviolent goodwill work you do. Great. Awesome. But that doesn't mean you have, you know, carte blanche to run your business in an ethical way. That's all.
0: Yep. That makes sense. Let's talk about too much kindness. Why don't you? Why don't you talk about too much kindness?
1: Since I think, I think that one of us is often considered to have too much kindness more than than the other. Maybe
0: I think that um, you know here we are saying like be kind and do good things, and and I think you can swing it too far so that you know, often, as you said in in the beginning, that kindness can be seen as uh, a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a, a fine line there. Um, and I found a great quote that was, um, a blend of kindness and assertiveness is a magnificent cocktail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to be sure you have to be kind, but you cannot, you can't be passive or be weak. You do need to set some boundaries. You can't say yes to everything. And coming from a clinical practice and those who do health coaching or one-on-one work will understand this, that sometimes the more that like the kinder, the more kind that you are, the more helpful that you are, the more a certain type of client takes. And those are the ones that become sort of the emotionally needy ones. And that just sort of exhaust you by the end of the day. So I think that, you know, it doesn't mean that you turn into a, I don't want people to turn into a, like a complete babysitter that you just do everything for some of your clients. You have to set some boundaries around yourself and let them figure things out. And it's so easy to go over the top and be so kind and so helpful that you're doing a disservice to your, to your clients. And I'm speaking primarily from a clinical or, you know, a coaching kind of perspective.
1: Yeah. So I have one simple rule that I try to follow and I say, try loosely (laughs) because (laughs) I am not so good at always following it, but the rule is still there. And that is once you do something that, that you feel pushes you to a place of resentment, then, you know, you're not serving yourself or your clients. Well, so I. I think if you're sort of benevolently giving of yourself and your time and your product or whatever, like, and it feels good to you and it feels like a fair, good exchange of energy, then that's fine. Then that's great. It's okay to be generous. It's okay to take the time to talk to someone who needs you. You know, every one of us knows when someone is pushing past that point point. And it starts, to, and that like horrible, dangerous resentment starts to pop up in our, in our sort of physical being. And then you have to be, I mean, I, again, I'm talking to myself here. Like I have to be the grown up, and I have to be able to say like, no, this is not serving me or this other person. I have to set boundaries because that's the responsible thing to do. And it's better for that person too. Like, mm-hmm. like we do this a lot actually with Stream, like with tech support, I feel like people sort of have the ability to ask us a couple questions around equipment (laughs) where we'll be very generous. Sure, I've spent a lot of time in the last three years researching videography equipment. I, I will do my very best to answer your question. However... If you come back to me with like three follow-up questions and it's something you could have answered with a Google search, like I'm going to try to empower you to feel like you can do that Google search yourself. And I don't think that that's a disservice to anyone. I, I actually think that this is empowering people to feel like they can figure out questions that they didn't otherwise feel like they could figure out themselves. And again, we, you know, we as a team want to be as resourceful and helpful as we can be and as generous as we can be. But I think that there's a line where it's like, you know what? <laughs> I think at this point you have a lot of questions and we're going to show you how we would solve this. And then and then you have the tool to go solve it yourself next time because chances are like there's a different knob that you're going to have a question about. You know, like, because you're going to get a new phone tomorrow, like next year. And then now you know how to solve it and you don't have to wait for one of us to respond. And I think that that's the beauty. That's like, I mean, to me, that's the line.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think resentment is a great, like, Q. That That is a really good way to put it. But on the tech support, I think people ask us these questions because I think that I think they think we know, like we can just go, oh, yeah, yeah. it's this. I think and sometimes they, and I true, think yeah. I think if they knew that we were spending time Googling for them, that they'd be like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I'll just do that. But I think they think that's, well, someone already knows this. I'm not going to waste my time. And I get that. And I think that's when the answer with the way I would phrase it is like, I, you know what, on Google, I found this article or on Google, I found this YouTube video for you sort of like hinting, like you could have done this yourself, but yeah, but not on the, yeah, well, of course we'll do what we can, but those are, that's us setting our boundaries. Like we're not going to Google search for our clients on every question that comes up for them, but Yeah,
1: sure. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, and for you in your business, you're going to have to decide where sort of where your lines are and what, you know, what you're willing to do. Because the other thing is, you know, for, for any of us, we all have trade-offs, right? So if it's Saturday evening and I'm Googling what kind of adapter you need to plug your microphone into your camera that's time I'm taking away from putting my child to bed or feeding her dinner or whatever right like and so I have to feel like that's a fair exchange of energy you know and we we do that as a team and I think we we sort of do our very best to serve our clients and but at the same time like to a to a point and that's what you we all need to do as business owners and as entrepreneurs is to figure out where that line is because I wouldn't want someone that I'm paying to sort of provide a service or a tool or coaching. I wouldn't want to feel, ever feel like I was pushing them to take time away from something else that, you know, I wasn't compensating them for, or, you know, whatever you want the, you want the exchange on both yeah. sides to be fair. fair. We all want that, I think. And that's kind, that's also kindness operating in a, in a world of kindness as a business.
0: Joy and hustle. Sure. So I'll do the, the, well, The Hustle is, is uh, Derek Sivers' book, just because it is so fast and so powerful and a great reminder of how you can operate and be really, really successful. So I think we've covered that. So let's hear, I love the joy. I love yeah. your joy.
1: So some of you may have heard this joy already, because we've actually talked about it before in our newsletter. It is called moreloveletters.com. And this is a site, I don't even remember, did you find this,
0: Sandy? I think the, it was Instagram. I think we they were following us early, early days on Instagram. Yeah, well, I, I think, love them. I don't know,
1: and we've talked about them before, but I think you know not everyone reads every one of our newsletters, right? Imagine! Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. But so it, it's this whole premise is that there's this organization that like you can write to this organization on social or online, and you can say I have this person who I know in my life who has had a hard time like somebody got sick or they they had like their house burned down or whatever something happened to this person or their spouse died and they're very lonely and you can write about their story and then you can ask for the public to write letters and this organization basically sends out a petition if you get if your person gets selected and then they have a whole bunch of people from all over the world write letters like love letters, like love letters of support and encouragement and kindness. And then those letters get sent to someone who's a bundler. And then that bundler puts them all together and wraps them in twine and puts them in a the package and sends them to your loved one. And it's just such a beautiful concept and, and such like kind of you know, something that that used to exist, this kind of kindness, this very like visceral, tactile form uh-huh. of kindness, used to be so present in our lives as humans and it and isn't anymore. And I love their website because they say the world doesn't need another website. It doesn't need another app or a network. What it needs is really basic and simple. It basically needs kindness and love. And so, you know, that's kind of what we think in a lot of ways, too. We're trying to use a a technology tool to help people share that kind of kindness and love. but. We love this idea as well. So if you haven't seen this site, just it's we'll put the link in the show notes, but it's just such a beautiful idea. And I believe the founder did a TED talk also. So you can mm. like go down a rabbit hole on their site and explore this whole idea and see examples of people who've received these packages of love. And it's just brilliant. I I love it. I wish I had thought of this idea.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easier than software, right? Oh my
1: goodness. I think it would be very, very beautiful. So I, I mean, go and, you know, if you have someone in your life that you feel like could use a pile of love letters, by all means, you know, send in the application on the site and see what happens. It's It's great. And I think they may even be looking for people to write letters. And I know that they have um, chapters at different universities and colleges. So students will get together in groups and write letters. Like it's just such a lovely, Mm. beautiful concept. So that's our joy for this week.
0: That's great. Well, good topic, Jenny. Good topic. I enjoyed that. Me too. So
1: everyone be kind, be brave, be love. Bye everybody. We'll see you next
0: time. soulful mba is not just the name of our podcast it's also the name of our premium business course and community if you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you then we've got something for you get soulful mba's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample